Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today, episode 46, it's the last Point of Everything podcast of 2016. So, um, yeah, there was 23 episodes this year. So maybe I'm working out at about, you know, one every two weeks, you know, roughly there, thereabouts, which I think is a pretty good average considering. Well, we did it. We made it to the end of 2016. What a, a really horrible year for the last seemingly every like beloved musician that we can think of. Bob Dylan's still flying the flag, still as grumpy as ever. And well, that's one good thing. He's not accepting the Nobel Prize though. So that's uh, for literature. So yeah, good old Bob, eh? Today's episode of The Point of Everything features one of my favourite musicians, Rory Lynch, a.k.a. Bantam, who kind of surprised released his second album slash EP slash whatever you want to call it. And we do get into that move earlier this year. It's self-released. It's only available digitally. So it's on all all of those sites, um, Spotify, iTunes, etc. All those sites. And you can only think of two. That's all that matters at the moment, guys. So Bantam is got a big show coming up. He, well, okay. So I'm I try to be as professional as possible, get all my all my stuff in order when I'm doing the interviews. But you might hear once or twice during the interview me talking about an upcoming gig that Bantam is playing with Rusangano family in Cork. Well, folks, that was last week. So just just forget about it. Pretend it doesn't happen because you'd be kicking yourself at missing it. But he does have one more show coming up for the rest of the year. And if you're listening to this after Friday, December 16th, well, you should really be kicking yourself. Bantam and Friends are playing Ensemble's end of year show at Bellobar in Dublin. Tickets are still available as I'm recording this. They're available at eventbrite.ie. If you just um, go to Bantam's Facebook page, I'm sure that you'll find a link to the uh, to the show as well. He's got Farah L, who appears, who's one of the... Um, many vocalists who appears on Move. She's going to be playing uh, support and she's also going to be singing with Bandom. So it should be a really, really great show. Um, yeah, Move is kind of caught me by surprise. It was kind of surprise released in October. And as Rory talks about, uh, it, it kind of came as a surprise to him as well. It all just came together <clears throat> in the summer. And it's seven tracks long, and I think that they're all really, really great kind of pop dance songs. There's a Prince almost tribute track in there as well. And Take It featuring Loa is probably, it's probably the highlight of the collection. It's, uh, it just really stands out. It's one of those tracks which alone I thought, you know, there was something missing and then you hear it in the middle of all these kind of great tracks around it and yeah it it's a real highlight as well as Feel Your Rhythm which features Justin Gano family so definitely check it out if you haven't already it's uh, easily on my albums of the year list I think that that's everything that you need to know about the show thanks for listening if you um if you listen to the other podcasts across the year thanks a lot there was um, a lot of good ones. We started out with Kevin Barry in January, my favorite author. That was, uh, I don't know, we set a high bar. Audio-wise, maybe we didn't, <laughs> since it was recorded in a really loud restaurant at Christmas time. But uh, yeah, that w- that's probably been my highlight of the 
of the year. But there's been so many. There was another couple of authors that we've interviewed. Kerry O'Brien, Graham Tugwell recently. We've got some great musicians there as well. Dan Breen from Hope is Noise, I thought was a really good one. We talked to uh, Eileen Hogan, which ab- about her um, kind of project documenting the Cork music scene at a certain time. I thought that was uh, that was a really interesting one. And I think that she's someone that I'd love to talk to again, maybe in another couple of years and see see where it's all going. Dan Walsh was on The Point of Everything, episode 37. He's well-known in the Cork music scene. And we talked about his uh, band Fixity, who have just released their debut album, The Things in the Room. So definitely check that out on Penske Recordings. I saw them uh, last week, two weeks ago in Dublin, and they're incredible live. I hope to see them again. But sure... Look, all the episodes are free. All of them are up on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Podcast Republic, if you use that, or whatever podcast carrier you use. So all those episodes are free. There's no ads, no nothing. Just get straight in. Long conversations about music, art, Ireland, the creative process. I think that that's pretty much what the point of everything is right now, talking about the creative process. I don't think that there's anything that I enjoy more than listening to an artist try and get across the way that they create the great things that they do so yeah you can expect more of that this year or in 2017 hopefully it'll get off to a better start hopefully we won't lose probably the biggest pop star of all time i wonder who that is now that um david bowie is gone hopefully we won't lose him in like the first two weeks of the year setting bad tone for the rest of the the rest of the thing i know trump is getting you know inaugurated on the 19th but come on it'll be okay anyway I've blathered on enough. We have the first couple of episodes of 2017 recorded, so they'll probably be up, um, oh, I don't know, maybe not the first week, but maybe the second and third week of uh, of December. So check back in then. Follow me on Twitter, at TPOE blog. On Facebook, just search for The Point of Everything. Search for The Point of Everything on the iTunes store to subscribe. And yeah, it's on SoundCloud and everything. So uh, yeah, this is Rory talking about creating move how it came about talking about how great russ and gano family is and a heck of a lot more oh yeah and the greatest movie that i've ever seen happy christmas so i was just saying that i've just watched dirty dancing for the first time yes um watched the movie for the first time after listening to the uh official soundtrack it was one of the few good cds that were in the airbnb myself and breed were staying in uh last week and dirty dancing unreal movie if you haven't watched it in a while like definitely seek it out it's actually been a long time it's better than you actually probably remember it and like it will make you want to get up and dance and it's actually kind of (laughs) feminist as well and kind of uh you know there's an abortion in it like you know is there yeah it's something oh. that you wouldn't pick up when you're forced to watch it at eight years old or something. It's quite, it's a pretty feminist movie. I think uh, I was movie. actually eight when I saw it. So it's been a long, long time in my case. So yeah, I've got to <laughs> yeah. get back on it. And you have an amazing story about Dirty Dancing, do you? Well, yeah, I was, I think I was, I was at the uh, the hotel that that was filmed at. Or there, there's a certain, it's, it's there's a, a holiday scene, camp. A holiday camp, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Ash, I was at my cousin's wedding um in Asheville, North Carolina. And we all went to went for a meal in this giant hotel overlooking the the town basically up in the hills. Um unbelievable spot, but we got in there anyway. And I th- I think it was my uncle pointed out that yeah, they they filmed um 
Dirty Dancing or some scenes from Dirty Dancing here and everybody was like, whoa, yeah, cool. Is is there any like plaques on the wall or anything like that? There's no, no, there's no, um, there's no bust of Patrick Swayze. (laughs) That'd be a big bust. Greeting you. (laughs) No Swayze bust. But uh, yeah, you you just, you know, then like once they said it was Dirty Dancing, you can just look around the place and it's just, it just looks like what you remember from the film, you know? Yeah. So it's a great film and a really good soundtrack. I've had the Renettes be my baby in my head for about two or three days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great song. Great movie. Highly recommend it. Good soundtrack makes a good movie. We're setting the bar high now for the rest of the interviews. So (laughs) I suppose you better get into um, the whole Bantam stuff. Everything. You just released your second album, Moves. Yes. Are you calling it an album? I saw it in some review, I I saw it referred to as an EP. Yeah. I think like there's seven seven songs. Seven songs in it, but it feels like an album to me. Um, I, I thought long and hard about it when I was about to release it. Like, how do I, what do I call it? So I, I call it an album, like an, an LP. Um, you know, it's seven songs, but they're long. There's a bit of a journey to it. I think it's about 35 minutes in length. So it, it would be a short album. It's, I think it's like five minutes shorter than the first album, you know? So yeah. t- to me, it feels like an album. Um, and just the, I guess the, the, the journey of the, the whole thing as well it just feels like a long player to me do do you think that it matters what you call a thing now nowadays well, that's like, yeah that's another thing you know you kind of you know some people release five tracks and it's treated like you know their second album or something like that mm. you know um but yeah it's it's kind of the playing field's a bit open now isn't it with streaming and everything you know people are just releasing what they want how they want it so it's it's it was interesting in the in the run up run up to releasing this. I was trying to think of how do I how do I think of it, I think of it, you know? Yeah. Um and it's only digital as well and that raised a lot of eyebrows. That that's one of the things that I was going to ask you about like did you think like w- was it a monetary issue that you were like oh, I couldn't be bothered sort of thing of releasing this physically or is it just I don't really listen to physical music why would I release it physically? Um yeah, mainly it was monetary this time. Um, it would have been me paying for all of this to, you know, if I was going to do a physical release, it would have been vinyl. I think, um, I wouldn't have done CDs, you know, but it was just too expensive to do it. You know, I, I basically did everything on my own this time. Um, whereas the last time I had a bit of help from the 1111 label. Yeah. So that they put some money towards the, um, the vinyl release for Legion. So that, that helped me out. But this time, you know, I just did the math on it and it just, it wouldn't have been worth it. I think I, I, I felt like I would have been, um, printing a load of vinyl for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things, isn't it? It's just kind of like you go with it or you, ki- and you kind of know that I'm not gonna, you know, I'm going to have these boxes of records in my room for a couple of years to come, I think. is it? Yeah. And I have, um, a lot of records in this room at the moment from the last album. From the first know? album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see, you know, a lot of acts, they do like fundits and, and crowdfunding for, you know, well, for studio work and for pressing vinyl. And that's really cool. But um, I think for this release, I want it to be as as simple and straightforward as, as, as possible, you know. Um, and again, I, w- I was just doing everything myself. So I felt like just from a financial point of view, it was mm. just a bit too much, you know, like... I mean, you you make the music in your bedroom and you kind of 
do everything yourself sort of thing up until like getting the, the vocalists on yeah. the album is it like is it is it like relatively cheap once you have the equipment and everything to make your own music yeah it's really cheap it's just uh, time wise it's time not it, cheap. it takes time yeah um yeah i mean the the biggest expense really on this were would have been you know the, the video with um loa take it back in february but we spent last year working on that basically um you know i would have spent i would have booked studio time to record um vocalists if needs be you know although most of the vocalists just recorded themselves um at home oh really yeah um i mean f the the track with farah l like she the, the vocals you hear on that are the vocals she sent to me almost as a demo you know um and we were both we both kind of said like do we need to re-record these and we felt actually no it sounds really good sounds good yeah um is, is that like just you trusting them kind of thing like totally. ah, you'll do a good job you don't need me there sort of thing yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot of trust in there you know um e like even with lyrics and stuff like that i'm very hands-off um especially on this album you know i just i left them to kind of feel the vibe from the instrumentals and, and take it from there i think we you know there would have been a little discussion about what about what subjects subjects yeah you know um i talked to sally a little bit sally who's loa by the way i talked to her a little bit about the subject matter i think um but you know the, the russ and ganos they just came up with everything themselves you know I, I, this all, with the russ and ganos it all started on twitter i was dming um god knows and he literally like um copy and pasted the lyrics to his verse into a giant dm <laughs> sent it sent it out to me and i just read that and i was i, was, I just thought yeah this is cool um, had, had he heard the song like at the time he, yeah i'd sent him like we've been in, in touch for a while you know, just a, more of as a mutual appreciation kind of thing going, hey, you know, your stuff is great. Let's, mm. let's work sometime. So I actually had some ideas and I sent them to him. And um, off the back of that, then he picked the one instrumental I thought would suit and um, sent me the lyrics, which was uh, just this giant uh, lyric sheet in a in a Twitter message. Wow, that's a, that sounds like a really kind of interesting, very 2016 way to work. It is, yeah, yeah. It's it's cool, you know. I did most of the communication, organizing and stuff by you know Facebook and Twitter, um, a little bit of email, you know. Um, wow. But that that's how that's how we communicate, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit of WhatsApp. It's just you know you you don't really think about it. You just you get through to the the different people as yeah. best you can, you know. It's kind of very very kind of chill way of doing it, I guess, rather than kind of a formal like signing contracts or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um there was like there was one interesting nugget that nobody really knows this as well. And um but I did work with one singer um that didn't work. Uh, she was on the first track. And um so the story behind this was um Dan Hegarty, who's a big fan of myself, he kind of reached out to me and said, "Look, um I know the singer uh, her name is Shaheen Badar, and would you want to work with her? So I said, cool. I, I, so I Googled her, and she basically, she sang on the, the Fat of the Land with the Prodigy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she sang, like, on the, on the first track, and I think she sang on the album after that as well. Um, she's this vocalist from England, basically. Um, I think she's Indian. Um, 
but yeah wor- like working with her you know we had there was a bit of back and forth a- again on that in terms of you know um, agreements and publishing and stuff like that so it got very formal with her and unfortunately it didn't work out like the the vocals she sent me just didn't suit the vibe of the track mm. but uh out of everyone it was it was funny Ev- working with everyone was just you know um you reach out have a chat meet up and see if the track works but with Shaheen it just I think there was too much of a separation there I think you know she was lit- she's literally over in London um I'd, I'd never met her before um and it, she said it herself as well it would have been better if I was there with her in the studio to advise and she I, she booked a stu- studio time for this as well and you know I, I had to do the the advance and all that kind of stuff right yeah so um it didn't was work that kind out. of eye-opening for you as well that like oh it didn't work yeah it's you know i, I it was kind of it was bittersweet like she you know i'm a she worked on the, these albums that i just loved as a kid and it was a huge thing for me you know i, I even listened to a lot of the prodigy early on when i was working on this and um because you because you thought you might be working with her no, it it just oh, came later on. Okay. Yeah, Dan just said, "Here, do you want to work with her?" And when I found out she was on the Prodigy, I thought, "Whoa, okay, this could work." And I did have one idea that I thought she could work on, but it just didn't work, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lesson learned, I think, for me, because I do think I just jumped at the Prodigy, right? Yeah, tag, yeah. You know, is that the first time that you've kind of had like just a collaboration not work with a with a vocalist or with no? That's, there's been multiple. Yeah times um that it just hasn't worked out and is, is it just like listening back to the song that you're like ah oh, it just doesn't work or is it just yeah i'd know yeah you know i've only i've listened to her take a handful of times and even i remember the first time i heard it my shoulders just dropped you know i knew yeah you know you can just wow. I, I can just tell straight That's away interesting that's yeah. one for the for the Bantam B-sides the, and yeah. <laughs> the outtakes and everything in a couple of years. We'll see, yeah, well, I, st- I still have the vocals, so we'll, we'll, we'll try and do something with them. Um, we've touched on loads from the album there. Um, I guess coming coming back to the start of it, like when did you decide that you were going to sit down and start making album number two? It's been like four years since it's been Four years, yeah. Um, I'd say... I remember, like, I remember the night that I started the first track and that i went to see um saint vincent in the the olympia it was the first gig i think it was the first european gig of her tour supporting her last album so nobody'd seen her you know she had that big uh, like she totally changed oh, her image yeah i was at that gig yeah Were yeah it was gig? really good yeah with the steps in the background yeah, which she yeah, lies back yeah. on man she's incredible i was blown away by it yeah. yeah i went to see that and i didn't i didn't expect it you know um so i was hugely inspired by that and i went home and just, I remember opening up my uh, laptop and the keyboard there and just hammering out. After the gig? After the gig, After yeah, the gig. yeah. Wow. It's, it's funny, you know, I'll go to the cinema or I'll go to a gig and I'll be like, I'll come home and just want to work on something or just pick up a guitar, you know. But it, it happened after this and I went home and I wrote the synth line for Move, the first track, which is the, what I thought was the dumbest synth line <laughs> I could ever write. But I kept hammering away at it and that would have been... I'd say two and a bit years ago, I'd say. Yeah. You know, if you, if you look up the date of that gig, <laughs> you, you find out how, how long it took. But, well, uh, what was it about um, her show that drew you in? Was it just actual songs themselves or the performance or just... It was the, the performance, I think. Yeah. yeah. I love her songs, but the, the you know, the, the choreography that she had, 
you like know, coming it, coming out and doing oh, the, the yeah, stepping yeah, the, with the steps yeah. and her you know she's an amazing guitarist um just the guitar sound was huge like her the solos sounded massive yeah you know um, i think she's one of the best guitarists around like uh, yeah, easily agree yeah i think that she could she could take on metallica who we were talking about a little bit earlier yeah yeah well she's she a bit of a, anyone bit of a metal fan yeah, herself yeah. as well um but yeah i i just blown away by it and it was really inspiring um were you making music before that or had it been like a couple months since you were doing anything um like i'm always working on music but i think i remember before that just not having any ideas not having anything that i was i was happy with you know um so that that kind of got things in motion i think I, i got into a bit of a flow after that and i had a couple of ideas uh so i worked for about a year after that and i just hit another wall basically um it was actually really bad i just uh, up until this summer i thought i was gonna have maybe one or two tracks um i, I decided to just focus on take it with loa last year mm. um so you know I, I just put my time into that and the music video working with um, motherland films so so you had no great plan like Not for for an album or anything this july i i was gonna ba- basically this july i said oh cool you know we're gonna do an album but before that i thought i was gonna release maybe one track to follow take it you know it just so happened that there was just this series of fortunate events i guess um all in july for some reason it was bananas but before that yeah i thought i just ha- i will just have released take it and maybe put out one instrumental track um, which would have been pacing, I'd say. I'd, I'd say I had that track ready to go, but everything else, um, I didn't. Ha- they're they're all just ideas, you know. But um, was it was it happened. the take it kind of uh, made people get in contact with you again? Like they could see that you were creating music again, and they were like, "Oh, it'd be cool to work together." Was it? Did that kind of open the door to the album? I'd s- I, I'm sure it did. You know, it it did make people aware of me again. After that, I'm sure people thought I was just, you know, DJing or playing Prince DJ sets, which <laughs> I became known for. But uh, yeah, after that, you know, I released Take It, and you know, all you know, I'm always in touch with people though, like the the Russ and Gano's, like John and God knows especially. We we just chat anyway about music, or um, it's always online. Um, like Farah, she's my friend's sister. And he he had been bigging her up for the last year, but I used to I was just fobbing him off the whole time. <laughs> yeah, going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll check her out <laughs> some other time. Um, uh, yeah. So Farah happened, and Wiseman, the singer on the last track, he came about from that trip to London to the music festival with my cousin. It turns out he's just a mate of my cousin's, and we met in the bar. Turned out we had a mutual appreciation of all things Tom York and and Moderat. And I didn't even know he was a singer, but by the end of the night, I said I'd send him a demo, and within a week we had that track done, basically. Wow. Um, yeah, all of this happened in in July. It was crazy. And it just kind of came together. Then suddenly you have seven songs, and you're thinking, "Oh, what do I do now?" Yeah. Um, pretty much. Like the first track, "Move," I'd scrapped that. I just couldn't get that synth sound working. Um, but my friend Paul. Man, he he's a a visual artist, um, otherwise known as Geppetto. 
So mm-hmm. he used to do, he does visuals for Rarely Seen Above Ground. and But he does a series of really good vlogs um, where he documents life as a, a new dad with his, his little daughter, Zelda. And um, he's always asking me for music. And I'm always sending him just demos and stuff like that. Like he's part of a small group of friends that I, I trust. And, you know, they'll, they'll tell me if an idea is shit or not, basically. Yeah. So he had the first version of Move for ages. And he, I'd forgotten about it. And he asked me, look, can I use this? So I said, yeah. And people started asking about that track that was used in the vlog. Oh, right. Yeah. So. So 2016. It's mental. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just listening to myself talking about vlogs. What the? But, uh, Has it come to this? <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so, and it was great because I was able to go back to that track after like a year of forgetting about it with fresh ears, you know, and in between there, I'd learned, I taught myself a bit more on the production side of things. Um, That's something I've been doing for the last couple of years as well, you know, just taking a step back and trying to learn like EQ and, and mastering and all that technical side of stuff as well. Are you all um kind of completely self-taught? With that, with all that stuff, everything, yeah, I've yeah, really never had a music lesson. I think, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I guess it's just from being interested, you know, passionate about it. Um, yeah, like I picked up the guitar when I was, I think, ten or eleven, and just didn't stop playing. Um, the production side of things that happened later in, in my mid twenties. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of the same thing, you know, with the guitar, I. As a kid, I remember like I'd hear something on the radio and go, oh, I have to learn that riff or whatever. Uh, with production now, I'd hear different acts and I'd go, oh, well, I've got to figure out how he gets that sound or he or she sounds like that. Um, it's You know, so I'm, I'm always just curious about how people get the sounds that they, they get, you know, or the oh. processes. And what is it? Is it just like looking up YouTube videos or tutorials on, on the thing that you find it? Or is it just like yourself just messing away for ages at the keyboard it's a bit of both yeah yeah um there's a lot, a lot of tutorials now um in in this day and age you know um with guitar i just learned from like books and or learned by ear just listening to cds over and over and over but now yeah with the internet you can learn pretty much anything on it you know um what i did for the album was uh um for since like, cause like analog synths these days are pretty expensive. Right. But yeah. What I did was, um, I got my, um, my iPad and like, say if I heard a caribou song or whatever, and I liked the sound of the synth in that, I would just go onto forums and find out what the, what people thought that synth was. And I tried to find the app equivalent of that synth and try and get a sound out of that. So I just have an iPad full of music apps, <laughs> you know, I've God knows how much I've spent on, on these things <laughs> but uh like in 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 doing that like i've just come across these different sounds myself you know um that's how take it came about like that wavy synth was me just trying to sound like j paul the do you know j paul yeah 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 i'm kind of obsessed with that guy really but uh i, th- I think it's it's not like he only has really one ep and he released an album that may or may not have been him or his brother i was just saying oh yeah I, I love that like he's he's released one official track and then he's released another, which is down as a demo, that Jasmine, you know, it's, it's always got demo and commas next to it, but it's gotten like millions of plays. And um, yeah, and then there was that leaked album, which was 
really weird. <laughs> yeah, that was up. For, it was up on like a Sunday morning for like twenty four hours or something, and yeah. nobody knew what the story was of it. Yeah, I don't think he knew. He like he posted a tweet about it to say, "Lot this this shouldn't have happened. We're going to take this down," and that was it. And you think it's like proper, like really great. I, th- I think there's maybe a couple of good songs on it, but I yeah, think... like at the time, I think I was kind of like, because uh, I was really into him at the time when I heard the album, I thought, oh, this is amazing. But listening back on it now, yeah, I, c- I can see you know, maybe one or two solid good tracks on it. You know, there's a cover in there, but there's a lot of kind of sketches, yeah, stuff like that, you know. But the, you know, the the, the this kind of wavy sound on the synth that I used to get, I just, I was really intrigued by that. Oh, okay, really yeah. kind of Prince type sound. You know, I looked up a lot of Prince synthesizers as well. And, um, so yeah, I just, I got a couple of apps like Korg and Moog, you know, they make their own app synths now and they sound passably good, you know, they, <laughs> they sound all right. Yeah. But, uh, I, I put them through Ableton, the software that I do everything in, you know, and I, I'd, I'd beef them up, right. You know, I'd produce them a bit more, I guess, you know, just to get my own, type sound so um you know i ended up sampling myself on the ipad and then playing them on the big keyboard through ableton to get all these just mad sounds <laughs> so that's how take it came about and that's how feel it out came about with farrell as well that synth sound is actually an ipad and i and me on guitar sampled if you get me yeah I'm sure, like the the musician heads are like furiously taking <laughs> notes. I'm just like, yeah, I know what Ableton yeah, sure, is. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, when did you decide that you're you're actually going to release it? And like, it it seems like it kind of came almost as a surprise release. I thought, oh, that's that's what he's he's copying like Beyonce, and you know, just gonna drop it. Yeah, or uh, what's his name, uh, Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it was kind of a surprise to me, I guess, but. Yeah, I think August, I started like taking notes and putting a journal together. Usually I, I buy a little journal before I release and put plans together. So I was doing that for this. Um, I think it was August. Yeah, so I think October is like the latest. People say October is the latest you can release an album if you want to get good coverage. So I set a date in October, really, back in August. So yeah, it was August that I knew. Oh, okay. You know? Um, I know, like, where are we? December. I know people are still. I suppose the bigger bands are still releasing stuff now, but I think this is probably pretty much it. Like Childish Gambino's album is out today. I think just that today, that might be, yeah, and the Rolling Stones today and Rolling all Stones. that. Rolling Stones. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, October was always going to be the time, and I released the last album in October as well. Um, so I thought that was just kind of a nice little fitting thing to have them out in the same month. You know, how how do you find the kind of the reception and um releasing it now uh com- in 2016 compared to 2012 like you had 11 11 behind you back then and stuff do you think that it's kind of harder to get your stuff heard because like spotify is so well established i don't even know if it was available in ireland back in 2012 and like there's just so much stuff and actually just trying to get people to to listen have you found it like a little bit tougher um Yes and no. I mean, it's so easy to just to record something now and put it up, you know. You don't have to be a, like a label or whatever to put stuff on Spotify, you know. It's uh, it's kind of a tricky process, but you can do it yourself. It's, it's what I did. But um, 
I don't know, difference wise, like back in 2012, I do remember like the, the, the first album was put up on Spotify and all of the, the streaming sites. But I think the main thing back then was like Bandcamp, um, which we still use. Um, SoundCloud was a bit more of a, a thing. And radio was a bit more of a thing. But I th- I'm, I'm getting a lot more radio play now. Yeah. I, I find, yeah. Although sadly, TXFM have, have since gone and they were a huge. They were massively behind me as well, which was which was cool. Um, and hopefully, you know, everybody involved in that will go on to to other things, you know. But I don't know, two thousand twelve, two thousand fourteen. Um, I suppose the main difference really is it's just me doing this now. Um, I have gotten some help, a good bit of help from Rob Farhat in um ensemble music. So he, he would have helped me out with Facebook ad campaigns and, and press releases and stuff like that because I'm, I'm awful at yeah. writing bios and all that and, and Rob is great at that. <laughs> but, How uh, do you write about yourself? Oh, things? I'd rather pull my eyes out. But um, <laughs> so Rob, is re- Rob has really helped me out over the last year or two anyway. He's been a good sounding board for just anything, you know. Um, he, he's got a good opinion on things. So... So there, there will always be those people who you can kind of bounce ideas off or who will help you. Yeah, put out. yeah. I, I just couldn't do this. Comp- I couldn't just sit in my room, not tell anybody about this for a year, if you know what I mean, and then just put it out. I need, I have like this core little group of friends who I trust. And um, uh, I think everybody needs that. I think, uh, you know, if you're on your own, you just find someone to show stuff to. If you're in a band, then you've got the band members to tell you what not it's one thing I, d- I do miss about being um miss from being in a band is you've got other people there to kind of bounce ideas off bounce ideas off and, and back you up i guess you know yeah. you know in a band you know one guy might be the, the pr guy or the other the other person might do i don't know the the vinyl pressings and all that stuff you know so with me it's just me yeah um do you have any plans like to release it physically or are you kind of um happy as it is like i'm happy as it is we'll see next year you know um if there's a demand for it then i'll look into it you know maybe uh maybe a label will come along uh, with some interest we'll see you know i'm still just trying to get it out there at the moment and um next year could do a re could do a re-release you know that's that's one possibility um I don't think that we mentioned passing or pacing is kind of dedicated to Connor Walsh, who released the front EP on Ensemble Music and yeah. really tragically passed away earlier this year. Yeah, like I, I think I've heard you talk a little bit about it, but if you want to just say how the how the song is kind of uh, uh, inspired by him, yeah, um, the the song came about from it started off with me listening to a lot of John Hopkins, um, you know, his last album with. Uh, the open eye signal on it that track especially really resonated with me but john he uses a lot of piano in his tracks you know so i started out i had this idea with this kind of woozy synth um i had the drums everything like that and i put at the you know i'm still learning piano I'm, i'm a bit of a hack on the piano myself but uh i put this placeholder of a piano line which became the what you hear now on the track but it was suggest i think rob even mentioned it like to contact connor to see if he would collaborate on it and um sadly it never happened um he yeah it was just it was too late 
you know um wow yeah like i'm j- i'm just trying to think of the timeline cuz he released the front ep a year ago in october and you know we'd been on the same bills in music festivals i think for for that summer so i got i you know i'd gotten to see him i gotten chatting to him really nice guy and you know like as it, you know when you're a musician backstage you're always saying oh yeah we'll, we'll work together you know blah 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 and we never talked about it but it was suggested and it was on my mind and that's that's why i had that piano line there just kind of as a it was almost a reference you know um but uh, yeah i ended up just having to use my own piano line basically um and then yeah and then you know as i worked on the album and i tried to rework the piano line i was just listening to the front the, the track the front as well um the whole time um so and i'm still listening to that that ep you know it's it's amazing um but yeah it's just really sad as well really sad yeah. yeah um you're playing a gig with ensemble music uh in the middle of december i am uh aren't you I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, am I sorry? Did I, did I sound surprised? <laughs> uh, Dublin Food Co-op, is it? No, it's in uh, Bellow Bar. Bellow Bar. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You played in Dublin Food Co-op I earlier did. Yeah. this year. Um, it would have been January. I remember because it was what? Really? freezing cold. Yeah. Why did I have it in my head that you were playing next uh, was, was it January? No. I, was at, uh, I know Nyler, Nyler had his wedding there in January, so maybe it was a bit after or before. Oh, okay. Man, just as well that I've confirmed where he yeah. is with you this gig. <laughs> I'd be the only person like outside the food co-op. Um, Hello. So this is these three gigs that you have coming up in Cork, Limerick, and uh, Dublin. Are they the first time that you're playing live in like months? months Ages, months? yeah. Um, when was the last? Well, the last gig I played my own stuff was with Ensemble in the food co-op, but I'm, I can't remember when that was. Earlier this year. It was earlier this year might have been even before yeah it would have been before the summer so i haven't i haven't even dj'd that much i haven't done much at all um so the first official gig since releasing the album will be in cork um fittingly in uh, the kino as well which is a class oh yeah i can't wait i was at the the russell gano's last gig there and the sound system in there is good man um i can't wait to play there yeah um it's kind of daunting kind of uh supporting such an amazing live band you know like oh, you, yeah. you've always got you've always had like a great live setup like you kind of like how do i how do i usurp them <laughs> yeah well man you, you can't really i mean yeah, energy wise definitely not no God, one can no no i yeah i just leave, leave them to it you know <laughs> they're they're amazing live um yeah l- playing live for me is really weird you know because i'm so used to playing in bands and having instruments and stuff like that but i do feel weird uh, with my controllers and stuff like that and just a laptop um i'm out like it's a load of fun and i'm doing a lot there but i know on the outside it's just some guy playing with his laptop well that's how i feel about <laughs> it anyway you know? yeah but uh do you enjoy watching uh going to gigs like that like seeing um like john hopkins yeah well that's it like john hopkins like toby carr is great as yeah. well you know live. um live and on record and on record <laughs> yeah what are we saying but uh but you do, you do see it. Like, Toby gets really energetic, you know, with what he has. I, I went to see Flying Lotus in the in Vicar Street. I know, like, he had, he's got visuals coming out of his eyeballs and stuff, but his setup is just a laptop and one controller, I think. And he, But he, he just the, the energy you see off him is really infectious and cool. Um, 
so you know I, I tried to do that in the last like I've I've gotten a lot more confident playing live over the last couple of years anyway you know um so I do I, I do enjoy it. I have the time of my life um playing live but I do you know you do, I suppose they're insecurities I guess you know you're you're up there you feel a little bit exposed just with your um buttons to press yeah, yeah. you know um but you know, I I love it. I mean, I played a gig in the academy. It was about two years ago. That was supporting Chet Faker, um, and it was just me and my controller, and the laptop, l- some lights or whatever. But I just played through the sound system, and and the crowd really got into it, and so did I. You know, I think a big thing for me as well is if if the crowd are just standing there or there's fuck all people there, then it's just horrible. Yeah, hard to get know? any energy going yourself. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like pressing spacebar <laughs> or whatever, yeah. but. When the crowd are into it, it's great. I know I, I supported um, enemies in the Bellow Bar. Um, maybe it w- maybe that maybe that was my last gig. I've, I've got the memory of a goldfish. That was like in April or May, wasn't it? Before they went to the US. Yes, yeah, yeah April or May. And that was that was cool. That was in Bellow Bar. Um, you know, it, it was a full crowd. Everybody, you're, p- people are kind of in your face, but they're into it. You know, um, and that was great. And I was really nervous before that gig too because. It's it's me before this big instrumental band, you know, yeah. but they, they always go great, you know. Uh, I think once once the first track just starts playing, I just I get into it and I forget about everything, and it's class. Uh, we've talked about Russ and Gano family like a lot in this interview. Um, would I be right in saying like it's one of your albums of the year? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I've I think I, was I on the No Encore podcast? I gave it like nine out of ten. Um, it's a f- brilliant album love it yeah and i think i think it's only digital as well they yeah, have maybe right yeah i don't i because i went to ennis to record with them when we had a good chat about this and i think i think john said that uh, you know he'd be i think they were in, in agreement with me on that side of things you know how going digital is just a bit or going um physical is just a bit too much in terms of an expense yeah you know and john would probably be a big kind of vinyl head Oh yeah, as yeah. well, huge. Yeah, and he's just kind of realistic. I guess it's good to be realistic as like a as a recording artist. It is, yeah. I guess you got to be a bit more of that these days. If if you're doing everything yourself, you know, you're you're your own promoter. You're an accountant. You know, mm. um, you you have to. Th- there's a, I think there's a lot more that you have to think about these days. You know, um, which which is a good thing. I think. It's a bit more empowering to to bands these yeah. days, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of young bands coming through like BIM and all that stuff, and I'm sure they're being taught the ways of the the music world. At <laughs> yeah. least, don't waste your money on records. <laughs> <laughs> don't go physical. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Russ and Gano family album. It's kind of like I love how almost organic it seems. You yeah. know, like uh, I remember maybe four years ago, John released just an EP and stuff, and then. Two years ago, God knows releases his God kind knows of mixtape, yeah, and I then Merle, and then like they all just get together and become the best live band in the country, and then release one of the best albums of the year. Yeah, they're they're my act of the year. I think the, Russ and Gano's and Girl Band, I think, are my two favorite Irish bands at the moment. But you know, I I, I could see Russ and Gano live every day of the week. Yeah, I think so. They're too. great, and the the spoken word stuff that they do as well is. Is amazing live. I, I love how John gets in on it as well. Uh, John tops off like. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's great you know like there's mad energetic loud band but then they can just silence a crowd as well you know with that with that side of things and i I love that you have i'd never seen that before um until the i think the keynote was the no keynote wasn't the first time i'd seen them live but it was the first time i'd seen them proper you know to their own crowd and it was so cool yeah I've, I've seen them um a couple of times and it just seems like they were just getting better and better and now i think that yeah. they're just like really really happy with where it is and just really satisfied that they're there too yeah well they've, they've done so much this year i think they supported like run the jewels yeah um, that was um last december wasn't it december 2015 yeah yeah and I, I i think i think run the jewels dj um talked about them online as well saying that he loved them you know and class i think they supported snoop dogg in the academy <laughs> you know went to um texas went to, yeah south went to south by southwest um austin so, yeah austin texas uh, austin yeah did that you know they've done so much this year if you think about it um and they're the soundest lads alive they're the best lads yeah um <coughs> uh what about prince then you know we have to we have to talk about prince you talk, you said that you've done a good couple of dj sets of yeah. his stuff and that was kind of before he died as well like you're doing it was yeah loads, i think loads of prince stuff i think i was doing that for about two years before he died uh that how did that start you can blame Nile Nine for that, actually. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he just knew that you were a big into Prince. He, yeah, he knew. Everybody, everybody who knows, and now knows. everybody knows. But uh, he, he was he put on a night in the Bernard Shaw. Um, it was just a Prince night. Somebody came up with that idea, so he got me and a couple of other guys. He got Mike from the Galaxy, who I later went on to do Prince DJ sets with, to DJ at it. Um, and what I did was I just put it on through Ableton excuse me uh, mixing that up with my um my live sets all the beats that i use live i used to just put prints on top of them um so i did that and then i think a couple of months later i did another gig where i played my own stuff it was another nile or nine night and at the end of it i just said feck it we'll just play some prints and the crowd went nuts um i think claire beck from um txfm was in the audience nadine o'regan or something and they were all talking yapping on about it then the next day on the radio and I just got a load of offers after that. Wow. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a load of fun. You know, the we ended up doing a Prince versus Michael Jackson night. And it was me and Mike up in the top floor of the Odessa. And it was one of the best DJ gigs I've ever done. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, crowd was just bananas. I mean, people came up and gave us these wristbands with Prince on them. And, you know, people were getting into it. Like, it was really cool. Um, so... Yeah, I won't rule it out. Um, I ha- I actually haven't done much since Prince died. I, d- I did one Prince DJ set for the Interlude Festival. And that was it. Um, just over the summer, I didn't really want to gig much anyway. And I didn't have time. I got a, lo- a lot of offers, but I just said no. I didn't really feel like it. I was And I, I was also working on my own music at the time. So. Um, oh, you got offers to do the Prince stuff at festivals, was it? I, did, I got a bunch of them, yeah. Um, but I just di- didn't want to, didn't want to do it too much this summer. I just didn't f- really feel like it, you know. Yeah. Um, you did um, like the day he died. Did you play? Um, I, I did. Yeah, I did. Tengu. Um, Tengu. It's kind of very me. hastily put together, and I'd say it must have been like an amazing and very sad, bittersweet night. Oh man, yeah. I know Gav. He's gonna kill me, but Gav, adult rock. I think we were both hugging by the end of the night in tears. <laughs> mm. You know, it was Gav who texted me about Prince. I was in 
I think I, I was in the supermarket and he just said, I think he just texted me going, man. And I, I something like that. It was like a one word text that he sent me. And I just knew it was Prince or something, you know? And then like everybody, my parents were texting me going, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who, uh, who's like really big into Bowie and I just texted her. Hope uh, you're okay. And she's yeah. like, you're the 14th person who's texted me uh, today. wondering." Well, the, but the Bowie death, Bowie's death really affected me as well. I think Yeah. just the way he did it, the way, he, not the way he did it, the way he, uh, you know, he, he had this all, the album release all planned and he knew, you know, he was going to die when he was making this album and you know, you know just knowing that you won't be there for people to um i don't know to hear it to receive it yeah, yeah. i'm still thinking about it just the whole the, the way he did it like the way he did it yeah. um you know you, you, people online are still finding little secrets in the in the album cover mm. and the music and stuff like that you know and it's just it's unbelievable what he did. That's nuts, isn't it? It came out like on a Friday and he died over the weekend. And then by Monday, you're like, wow. That just blew That album blew sounds completely mind. different now. Yeah. 21st yeah. year. Oh, yeah. I can remember that weekend. It was so strange. Yeah. And then like, I just listened to him nonstop for about three months after it, you know? And then Prince dies. And then it's like three months of listening oh, to yeah. Prince. And then come everybody on. else dies. <laughs> Hopefully 2017 will be better. Oh, yeah, come on, 2016, just get it over <laughs> with. Are you uh, are you planning to just say yes now to like all of the festivals and just? Um, yeah, like the the plan is, you know, December, January. Usually, you start putting out feelers, uh, mailing people just to to get slots. So that's what I'm gonna do. I've always been terrible at that. I always leave it till the last minute. So this year, yeah, I'm gonna talk to people about the festivals to do. You know, um. Yeah, I want to do that. I want to work on a live set. Um, Are there any festivals that you you know really want to play, like that you kind of have on a on a wish list? Um, you can put the feelers out right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'd love to do Longitude. Obviously, it's a bit of a young crowd there. And I'm not sure if my stuff would would suit, but it's just for the crack, just to see what would happen. <laughs> um, same with Forbidden Fruit. Um, just the, the city festivals. I'd love to do. But Electric Picnic, I haven't played Electric Picnic in years um, and I haven't played my own stuff there. So um, I just can't wait to go back there um, someday if they can take me and, and play some play some tunes. Uh, Independence down in Cork, I haven't played that. I'd like to do that. And Other Voices then, this time next year. Other Voices, it, that's a funny one, man. Um, again, because like, you know, my stuff is electronic. And I'm just there pressing buttons. I, I feel a bit strange about it. But um, I don't know. I think like over the next year, I, I want to develop the live set to become to be a bit more organic, maybe. Or even just to do one-off songs with people. Maybe we could make that work. Do you plan on like having all of the vocalists with you on stage? Is that just kind of almost too much of a... It's 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 difficult, yeah. Like Bellow Bar, we're going to get... Um, we're going to have some of them, but not all of them, you know, it's just because, you know, basically everybody's gigging at the moment. Um, so it's just from a logistic point of view, it's difficult. Uh, we'd have to plan it well in, 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 well in advance. So maybe we could do that for a festival or something, you know, that might work like where everybody is there. Um, but I, like th the live set that I do anyway, it's, it's a lot of, like the way I do it is I just mix everything together. Um, and I'm finding that to be a lot of fun too. 
like I'm, I've started putting vocals from one track on top of another ah. um, mixing in like I always just throw in beats that I find anyway um, so I have the I have this collection of old vinyl drum loops and samples that I just throw in to the live set and that's so much fun too and I'm working on um, visuals and live visuals and lights for the live show with Letizia. Um So that's very exciting. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities for next year, you know. And keeping it exciting for yourself is probably the kind of almost the main thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, that's do you get bored with it? Like, Yeah, th that's the big thing. Yeah, I think, I think the reason that I wasn't, I didn't think I had anything in terms of an album until July was because I was bored, you know. Um, I was just uninspired and I think I was just a bit down in general you know yeah. I, I never really experienced that doubt you get when you make music you know uh, or even when you're creative you know I've, I've seen that with friends who work in film they'll they'll work on a short or something like that and they'll think oh this is shit I hate it when in fact it's it's amazing you know um where in, I'd say at the start of the summer I was just really uninspired and I just felt like I might take a break you know but July happened. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, July. That's about it. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. It's funny. I still kind of think about where it it turned, but it was just this series of fortunate events, is what I call it. You know. Um, but it it was all, you know, it was all friends. It was all collaborators that helped me through, got me through. Got you, you over know? the self doubt. Yeah. It was. It wasn't just me. It was you know friends, friends who weren't involved in music. Um, friends who are involved in music just people who are involved in music in general you know i think that you, you do need a bit of help from from other people when you're yeah. doing this so in in isolation a lot of a lot of the time you know yeah so yeah it's interesting cool and i'm glad that it is out there because this is a really good album thank you really <laughs> great seven songs and i don't know if you want to tell everybody where where they all are on spotify and yeah it's spotify uh youtube is it all on YouTube? Uh, yeah, I uploaded everything oh, on wow. YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah, Spotify, YouTube. It's on like every streaming service, basically. Just Google Bantam Move just, and yeah, you'll find, put it, find in there, it everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, where is it again? Yeah, it's SoundCloud. It's all there. Um, the website is bantamsound.com, so you can see all my videos and um, a little bit of film work as well that I've done. So. Um, yeah I'm just it's just there just look up Phantom move Google it <laughs> <laughs> cool man thanks a lot thank you